Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have a special interview episode for everyone. Uh, but quick, uh, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can also head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to youtube.com slash Attacking Third so that you never miss a single thing. We're joined today by Megan Burke, Executive Director of the NWSL Players Association and Sydney Mira Montes, former NWSL player, just announced retirement from Kansas City Current. Congratulations are in order to you joining the PA officially as a full-time business agent. Welcome back to Megan and welcome to the show. Sydney, how are you both doing today? Thank you. I'm doing well. Excited to be here. Excited to, to sit next to Meg virtually. Um, but yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back on. And I am so thrilled to be here with Sid. Thanks for giving her a warm up. No, yeah, no. I think, oh, well, go ahead, Lisa, take it away. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to have Sydney here because, Megan, when you shared the news that she was uh, retiring, which congratulations are definitely in order, Sydney, to you. Um, but now joining uh, the PA as a business agent, using your experience and, and your platform to help players that are still competing. Um, why did you want to make this move? Why did you want to stay involved with the PA? Yeah, you know, I think I... I've been playing soccer for so many years and actually I was in a, a similar position two years ago where I did make the decision to step away, um, retire from soccer. And, um, you know, that was the best decision for me at the time, but I quickly found that soccer is a part of me. I love this game and the opportunity to play in this league is so special. And so when I had an opportunity to come back um, to the league last season, I knew that it was my mission, not only to be able to play soccer and enjoy it again, but, also set myself up for what's next and really figure out what it is I'm passionate about and, and what I want to do for a career long term. Um, and so got really involved with the Players Association this year, um, connected really well with Megan. Um, you know, she she keeps us going. And by the end of the season, I think my my focus and my passion had shifted and I was able to really find, you know, that that career move for me and, and the timing felt right at the end of the season. So um, when the opportunity came, I knew I just I didn't want to say no and, and I couldn't. So here we are. I love that. It almost just sort of feels like the PA is getting stronger a little bit. And you love you love to see it. You love to hear it. I know the two of you uh, have been very busy 
uh, in this offseason, right, for NWSL, in and out of meetings, negotiations, everything. And, you know, Megan, the last time that we had you on the show, the the PA made a little bit of an announcement. There's an emergency fund that got launched uh, recently, and uh, it's the uh, Players National Emergency Trust. Uh, listeners can go to supporttheplayers.net uh, to also continue their support of the players. This was a huge announcement. Uh, Megan, did you want to maybe take a little dive with us and sort of give a little bit of an explainer of how yeah. this came to life and what and what the fund is? I'm happy to do it. So it's um, fan supporters can go to www.supporttheplayers.net, uh, net for National Emergency Trust, but also the domain name. Um, this was an idea that really came to pass out of the No More Side Hustles campaign that we launched. You know, as we really listen to players' stories, we just heard story after story of like, this thing came up and I couldn't afford um, that emergency. Um, and the examples, I mean, I could you could spend your whole podcast imagining examples, but a few that have come to mind is like a player loses a, a parent during the course of the season and can't afford that plane ticket back home. Um, a player gets traded and has to get her two little boys in an airplane at the last minute because she's got to ship out and get to the next club within 24 hours. Um, player who had to move out of her apartment and, uh, you know, it had mold in it. She's got to come up with a security deposit to find a new one or something, you know, just a few examples out of pocket copays for mental health treatment became really important this season. And so we'd started this process this summer of looking at launching an emergency and charitable fund, which is something that um, labor unions do. And um, when, you know, Mana, Kaya and Sinead all came out with these stories, it became evident that there's just this kind of wider need for player to remove cost as a barrier to players seeking the help and support they need. Um, you know, I, I've been connected to Mana, but she actually came to me and said, I really am passionate about this, about removing cost as a barrier to seeking mental health treatment. I really want to figure out how we could fundraise for this. All these people reached out to me about, you know, setting up a GoFundMe or doing this or that. I was like, it's funny you say that because actually we've got this other thing we're doing and, and there's really this synergy between the kind of two efforts in, in coming together. So uh, Mana has really been amplifying, using her voice to amplify the need to support players and removing costs as a barrier to mental health treatment. Um, so that's really become kind of a focus. And, you know, I think the response said, you can certainly speak to it from the player's perspective, but I feel like that what I'm hearing from players is that this is an awesome thing. We're really glad to see it happening. It's good to know that the union is there for them. We'll always have their backs and this is going to be a safety net that's there when they need it. Yeah, Sydney, as a, a former player and really having your finger on the pulse of what the players are thinking and feeling when this fund was announced and now that it's active and, and out there um, and fans of the league can support the players directly, does it provide a sense of comfort or stability for players in the league that aren't making enough just based on their contracts with teams? Absolutely. I mean, I look at you know, the impact that the Players Association continues to be able to have. And I think this is just another element to that. Um, and, and to see the evolution of the PA and, and you know, the resources that are starting to come available and then to be able to provide just that comfort to know that, hey, I'm a bad situation might happen, but I've got people in my corner. And I think that that, you know, that that can translate into so many different things to allow players to just feel good, feel confident um, and be able to, to go out and do their jobs um, to the best of their ability and eliminate some of that worry. You know, I want to maybe back off of that a, a little bit. You know, something that we've been seeing in in this offseason adjacent to uh, all of these forms of support that are coming out for, for the players. And now that includes this emergency fund trust. Um, 
something that we've been seeing in the off season with the introduction of, of San Diego wave and angel city, we saw a very active trade window, right? But one of the narratives that storylines that have been coming out of that in, in particular uh, with the player acquisitions um, is that the conversations that have been taking place ahead of something like an expansion draft, where we saw a lot of teams trading out right of an event like that and sort of hearing, you know, behind the scenes that something, an event like that in, in the past uh, has brought a lot of maybe anxiety at times for, for certain players because of the unknowns that lie ahead. Right. Uh, with that recent event that just took place, is it, I don't know, perhaps refreshing to sort of know or hear or see that there are a couple of clubs that are introducing themselves to the league in a way in which they are trying to engage more with players, having transparency, having conversations prior to sort of making those moves ahead of uh, an event like that? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's encouraging to see. I think you're seeing a a little bit of a philosophical shift that we're living through in this moment. You know, I think it's it's a a positive thing and it's encouraging that clubs are wanting to hear what players' preferences are. But we're also amidst a CBA negotiation negotiation, and and I can assure you that what players want is not permission, but power. Um, You know, we want to be able to dictate um, terms and conditions of employment and decide where we play and not have to ask for a club's permission to do that. So um, those are things that we are fighting for right now. You know, let's sort of stay with that energy, Megan. I imagine that there's been a lot of, you know, meetings and conversations, a ton of back and forth uh, and everything in place and, and, and fans and how they can, you know, with this fund and how they can perhaps donate directly uh, to players and support the PA, because that's something that has always kind of come into play. Right. Especially with everything that has gone on in 2021. That's sort of something that has always been. Uh, the question that has always sort of been hanging towards the end of everything that we've been doing on Attacking Third when it comes to highlighting the Players Association and everything that's been going on, there's always that very simple question where it's like, how can I help? What can I do to show support uh, for for the players? And and you've already mentioned that heading over directly uh, to the .NET is, is, is the best, most direct, way to actually do that uh but in terms of how the actual fund works and how mm-hmm. players can utilize that do they apply for the funds is, is there a board of trustee that comes into play that that, that oversees the type of case-by-case scenarios how, how does that work once the player comes forward with their emergency you, you know i'm a lawyer so and a nerd so i love a process question like a really, a really good process question so um the support the players.net is um a 501c3 status pending with the irs so once that status is approved it's a charitable contribution that's tax deductible and it is independently administered by four trustees the pa has appointed these four trustees to manage the funds um so i don't make the decisions these trustees do and those four trustees, I think it's significant who they are. Um, Tracy DeForge, who's the founder of the Players Impact, so has a lot of experience um, in launching uh, startups for professional athletes. Um, Donna Cohen, who's an, an attorney. So you need a, a lawyer who's going to you know, make sure you got the fiduciary liability insurance and following the trust documents and keeping things in order. And she's got a really impressive set of credentials in advocating for women in sports. Um, Stacy Enos, who played in the first ever U.S. women's national team game in 1985 in the Copa Mundo um, and won the first three championships for University of North Carolina. So we're kind of bridging the generations there with Stacy, And then Kelsey Davis, who's a former WPS player, goalkeeper, and now chaplain who ministers to athletes in crisis. And so we really feel like those skill sets were what we we're looking for to be able to meet the needs of players 
who might be in crisis. Um, and so these we're actively fundraising now. We really we need every dollar we can get. Um, Supportthe.players.net is where you can go to contribute. And then starting January 15th, players will be able to submit applications. Um, those applications will be administered through a, a. We have a kind of private system for players, you know, on our website, a portal that they can access. Um, and so the trustees will review those applications and turn them around quickly um, to get funds out because it is, by definition, an emergency. Um, one thing that's really critical to know, and I, you know, players, former players are listening to this. Um, a little known thing the PA did this year that we're really excited to launch, and Sid will, of course, as our business agent, be able to really uh, beef this out and, and run with it. Um, we've added former players to our membership categories. And so any player who signed a contract to play professional soccer in the United States at any time, so WSA, WPS, or NWSL, is eligible to join the Players Association. And um, when they become a member of the PA, they're also eligible. One of the many benefits they'll be able to access is the ability to apply for emergency financial assistance. So, Sydney, as uh, Megan just said, this is now available for former players that come into it. Um, what does that really mean? And, and what does that look like as a former player? Like, how, how are you guys spreading the word for these players? Besides, of course, listening to Attacking Third. But um, what does that mean from your role as the business agent with the PA? Yeah, you know, again, as, as someone who's who's really excited about being able to find my new niche in the soccer world, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that we can we can go back and we can get the people that helped build these leagues and built soccer to where it is today. You know, we can honor them in that sense and let them know that you've got a community, you've got a group that's here to support you. You know, if it wasn't for you and the work that you've done and, and the lives that you've lived we wouldn't even be in this position to do it. So I'm actually really excited about that element of this fund because there's so many deserving players that if they need an extra hand here, we want them to know that, that we've got their back because clearly they've had ours for, um, you know, living and pioneering for us to be able to get to where we're at. It's this super secret club that once you're in, you're in forever. It sounds fantastic. I mean, that that's really what it should be as the players association, but this, uh, emergency trust fund is really just one part of the bigger puzzle and the bigger piece that the PA is looking to do overall with the NWSL and the players that are still competing. Um, and, and this conversation is not over about the collective bargaining agreement that is happening right now. And, and before we dive really deep into this conversation, Megan, as, as the lawyer, I'm going to ask you another process question here. Can you just kind of explain what a CBA is and, and who, who needs them? Yeah, yeah, sure. If our listeners are tuning in and they're like, what is the CBA they keep referring to? Break it down for them. I know. I'm, let me break it down. And you can stop me and uh, we'll break it down even more. But so CBA stands for a collective bargaining agreement. And a, a CBA is basically a contract between an employer and the union that represents a group of employees. So us. Um, that's kind of the, the brass tacks 101. But, you know, it's important to note the first word in there is collective. Right. So it's. It's the group together, um, and it sets minimum standards of employment, terms and conditions of employment. Um, this is why a CBA is vital to players for the 2022 season, because you look at 2021 and the work conditions, you know, the conditions of the of employment in NWSL, um, the system's failed, period. Um, I don't think the CBA is a magic bullet, but it's absolutely one of the mechanisms that can solve many of the systemic power imbalances and problems we saw in 2021. And so this contract has become even more important to players 
as we've lived through the 2021 season. Um, you know, the, C- the CBA is sort of, if you imagine if you're like a casual fan and you're wondering like, okay, so it's a contract, but players sign contracts too and whatever, think of it as like the framework, you know, it kind of builds the, the house and the foundation. But then within that, um, there's going to be room for, you know, negotiation between a player and a club to establish things like salary or other conditions or perks or bonuses or whatnot. Um, but the CBA kind of sets the whole framework for the whole system. Um, and, you know, frankly, I think it's in our mutual best interest, NWSL and the players, to have this as a roadmap for what the future of NWSL will look like moving forward. So, Sydney, as as a former player and from a player's perspective, why is it important for players to have a CBA? Yeah, I think it I mean, it sets the new standard for where women's soccer can go. And now we have a baseline um, and and give players the confidence to know that, you know, this this can grow and this this is the baseline, but this is absolutely what you're going to get and you won't get anything below it. And so, you know, I think we're, we're very much at an important point in the history of women's soccer, especially here in the U.S. Um, and so by having this CBA, we're just we're just solidifying, you know, the direction that we're going to be able to go and where we want to get to. So um, I think and my hope is that it just provides players with the confidence that, you know, they can feel good in their employment. They can feel good showing up to work, feeling like they have the resources that they need to be able to do their job to the best of their ability and not worry about, you know, outside factors. So, again, I think, you know, the the point being here that it's just setting a standard that players can feel good about. You know, something that that I've been thinking about, too, is that in these ongoing negotiations for a collective bargaining agreement, this is this has been ongoing for for 2021. This is um, not something that sort of came for the moment post the regular season. Right. The the players union has been trying to advocate for themselves. Right. And then in the mix of all of the things that occurred over the course of the regular season, there was this sort of adjacent fight, right, too, where we heard a lot about safe environments and protecting the players. And that became another fight that was happening alongside the the CBA negotiations. So in, in terms of all of that's always going to continue to be important moving forward for the players in this league. But in terms of just the collective bargaining agreement for, for you, Megan, because again, this is a lawyer question in your perspective, you know, what's, what's the, the temperature, what, where, where did, where did the conversation stand at this point, perhaps with, with the players union, the league and this, and this CBA? I mean, to use an analogy, we're in stoppage time. So, um, you know, we did the math, we did, we've had 34 bargaining sessions since March. Uh, we have spent over 250 hours literally at the bargaining table when i say 250 hours i don't that is only at the bargaining table that does not include all the meetings that players you know our bargaining committee has had to prepare to debrief to draft documents to conduct surveys get player input let's not even let's put aside um the no more silence and no more side hustles campaigns i'm not even including that i'm talking 250 hours at the table um, so we do feel like we're, we're in stoppage time here. We'd hope to have a contract by the end of the year. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think there are some issues that we're not quite there yet on, but I certainly hope that, uh, immediately in the new year, we might be able to get there. 
you're kind of alluding to this, Megan, but for players that, that maybe are listening to this or fans that want to support the the CBA, as you look ahead to the end of the year, and really it's so crazy to say 2022, just around the corner, um, the goal for the Players Association and, and the CBA, what kind of timeline can players expect? We're, I mean, you know, we're, <laughs> we're engaged in that discussion now. Um, you know, those preparations are happening now. And, uh, you know, I, I feel comfortable saying that we're not going to relive the 2021 season. I think that's a, I think that's a good point and maybe a hopeful point for people to sort of hang their, their hat on for, for you, Sydney, um, when you have sort of are going to maybe take a different role now, right. Sort of being a player and sort of being on the receiving end of the information, right. Absorbing all that stuff once upon a time as a former player and sort of hearing about, you know, whether it's via player reps or otherwise through conversations about what these ongoing negotiations are, what has that shift sort of been like for you now, as you're going to be taking on a role as a business agent within, within the PA, how are, how are you, are you shifting your perspective at all? Or is it just, are those two things adjacent sort of connected and go online being the former player and then now the business agent having all of those things connected together when you're receiving this information about the ongoing uh, CBA negotiations? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, Meg and I discussed this quite a bit um, in speaking about the role and, and, you know, why it was important that, a player takes on this role is to have that player perspective in these, you know, more intimate conversations. And so I can say that that's, that's really where I'm, I want to pride myself on going in these conversations is I'm, I'm, I'm here for the players and that has to, and will be the focus for this. So, yeah, I mean, the day-to-day is going to look different for me. Um, You know, some things will obviously have to, to, to transition, but first and foremost, I'm, I'm here for the players. And, and I hope that, that gives them confidence as well to have someone in this role that, you know, not only has been in this league, but also lived a 2021. Um, And I think that's motivation in itself to get in there and get this done for these players, because we, we can't have that again. Sydney, you, you are changing roles a little bit, but you're still very much involved. And, and because we have you and your boss on here, Megan, right now, I hope uh, your wardrobe can maybe stay as comfy and as casual as it was as a player. I don't know. I'm just trying to fight for I, you here, Sydney. <laughs> I hope so. I'm not going to lie. It kind of gives me a reason now to, to maybe, you know, try some new wardrobe, wardrobe changes. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. but yes, I, uh, please don't put any, you know, on that or anything like that <laughs> well for the yeah. record the players are my boss so <laughs> there you go i love that relationship so a chance to kind of dive deeper into your closet maybe go on a shopping spree why not if, if you're looking for inspiration gotham their runway oh. uh camera crew for before the games pretty great inspiration for the fashion we should do a pa game a pre-game fits i think that would be a hit here for it i'm here for it <laughs> I think that would be a massive success, right? It's all about that engagement on the socials. Uh, for, for the two of you, um, uh, early thank yous, right, for, for joining us today. But before we close out for, for, for each of you, is there anything else that either of you would, uh, like fans of, of the league or, you know, the attacking third uh, audience to, to know about the Players Association specifically or anything um, uh, about uh, the, the current initiatives with the emergency fund or CBA negotiations? Sid, I'll let you go first. Uh, I'll go first. No, I mean, 
first off, give a huge shout out to the fans and, and for sticking with us all the way through 21. Um, and, and we know they're going to be there for us, um, you know, for years to come. So, you know, just to continue to follow us and, you know, share, share our messages, um, you know, come out to games once that season gets underway. But, you know, just just continue to share our mes- message and amplify it, um, you know, support the support the fund. Um, you know, keep tweeting, no more side hustles, protect the players. Um, you know, that that's very near and dear to us. So just the more support and amplification that we can get um, would be would be a really big help. Yeah, that's exactly right. I couldn't say it better. I mean, we a huge, huge, huge thank you to the fans um, and supporters. It really makes all the difference when you go through a season like we just did to know that people have our backs. You know, the AFL-CIO, our brothers and sisters in the labor movement, um, our, you know, brother and sister PAs, like we've just really felt the solidarity this year. And the message that I would send to fans is um, as we near the end of the year, yes, we're, we're grateful, but we're also doubling down. Literally, we're bringing Sid on board and doubling in size and quadrupling in might. So we're ready to go in 2022. It definitely feels uh, the energy feels much different um, towards the end of this year than perhaps it did in those early negotiations and even midseason, perhaps. And uh, it's always a joy to, to have you on the show, Megan Berg. Sydney, thank you so much for, for being uh, here with us today. And we look forward to continuing uh, the coverage of the ongoing uh, CBA negotiations and coverage of the Players Union and everything that you all have in the works on the pipeline. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us, as always. Megan and Sydney, again, thank you once again. Follow us on Twitter, everyone, at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows if you leave us a five-star review on apple podcast with a question lisa and i will answer as part of our mailbag segment and we're also available as video so please subscribe to us on youtube visit youtube.com slash attacking third and uh, we'll be back wednesday with lots more off-season action for you all for sandra Herrera, lisa roman cindy minamontes and megan burke this was attacking third.